1: All right, let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. Still trying to figure out the craziness from last night. Obviously, Denver excited about winning an NBA championship. And if you're a Texas baseball fan, we still have fans trying to process it all on the text line. How Texas lost to Stanford last night. Just crazy stuff at the end of that game just simply losing the ball in the lights in Stanford. They move on, Texas does not, and we've been uh, processing all of that. If you have thoughts, specs text line is 337-3776. Also, coming up this week, you got the U.S. Open. Be sure to check hornfm.com for our golf contest going on. Chance for you to win some cool stuff. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, and right now, let's get into some of the golf Craziness uh, on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. By the way, I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, one of those Texas fans still trying to process the weirdness of last night with baseball. And of course, Zay being a big NBA fan, a little sad. A little sad that the season's gone, but excited because we both picked the finals exactly right. Yeah. Denver and
2: five. Denver and five. There you go. Gentlemen sweep, they yeah, call it. Yeah, NBA never ends. Like, free is about true. to start, the draft's next week. It never ends. That's
1: true. Nine days away from the NFL, uh, NFL, NBA draft, and uh, we'll definitely be talking about that. All right, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and get into some of this golf craziness with Cam Rogers, host of Lock It In on the Believe Network, also a sports betting host on Stadium. Cam, we appreciate the time. How are you?
0: What's up, guys? Great to be with you. Happy U.S. Open week!
1: Yes, it's going to be uh, going to be fun. Before we get to the tournament itself, how about the drama around golf right now? Uh, as somebody that follows it, how surprised were you by the announcement with you know PGA Live, European Tour, and this Saudi fund all coming together? How how surprised were you?
0: Yeah, I was pretty floored, guys, because obviously we're talking about a situation where Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, said ad nauseum, we will never team up with Liv. The merger will never happen. Guys who go play on Liv will be indefinitely suspended from the PGA Tour, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the guy even invokes 9-11 to cement his stance for why guys should remain on the PGA Tour. What happens a year later? Pulls the ultimate hypocrite move, and then welcomes the Saudis to the table and have conversations about merging together, and then he cashes out big time, and, you know, it's all good for Jay, but what happens with these PGA Tour players, right, who remained on the tour and loyal? So, you know, it's so interesting just breaking this down and parsing it through, and really, guys, we don't have a lot of answers at this juncture as far as the details are concerned and how this is all going to go about, but at the end of the day, the PGA Tour basically had to do this Guys, they were running out of money, and they had ongoing litigation with LIV, and we know that the Saudis have unlimited bankroll. The PGA Tour does not, as far as paying its lawyers is concerned. So this could have gone on forever. The Tour knew that, so they welcomed the Saudis to the table, and here we are.
2: Yeah, Cam, you talk about the PGA running out of money, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with Liv getting all those PGA golfers and bringing them to their league. And then once you start seeing those Liv guys winning majors and stuff, then all hell right. starts to break loose. And I thought, man, once Brooks Kepka won that championship and then things started rolling, I don't think that was a coincidence one bit.
0: Yeah, the thing, too, is like Jay Monaghan always said, oh, Liv is nowhere close to the talent level of the PGA Tour. And I was like, okay, I can kind of buy that because the tour is still supreme, in my opinion. But then we started to see the proof in the pudding, right? To your point, Bill Nicholson, over the age of 50 on Liv, finished tied for second at the Masters. So did Brooks. Then Brooks ends up winning the PGA Championship Bryson, a live golfer, was inside the top 10 at the PGA Championship. Cam Smith, a live golfer as well. So Jay, I think, started to learn, okay, these live guys are hanging around, right? And so, you know, I think that'll be the case here again at the U.S. Open this week.
1: Uh, talking with Cam Rogers about all this uh, golf craziness. The other layer to me, Cam, that was interesting, is this U.S. government angle. It's almost another version of like the hypocrite discussion because the, it feels like the senators are reaching out to Monahan saying, wait a minute, we want to talk to you about your relationship with the Saudis. And now Monaghan's responding with, really? You guys want to talk to me about relationships with the Saudis? Okay. I, I mean, it's turned into this weird back-and-forth kind of icky situation where I think the more we think about who does or does not have a relationship with the Saudis, it's like, we're not going to like what we find, are we?
0: And that's why I think too, the PGA tour decided to welcome the Saudis to the table because who knew what was going to be uncovered throughout all of this litigation and discovery with these lawsuits and the antitrust situations. And I'm talking about Live and the PGA Tour at the same time. There are probably secrets they did not want to come to light during Discovery. So you put that all together and listen, as a golf pundit now, I'm all of a sudden like a lawyer on the side. I have to <laughs> like, sort of read up on the lingo and the language and what this all means, and it's confusing. It's, listen, guys, I'm just excited for the U.S. Open here this week. I think at the end of the day, this merger is going to be good for the game of golf because we have everybody playing under the same umbrella again And we have the best possible product on the golf course. I think that's a win.
2: Yeah, Cam, we know at the end of the day, a big reason why these golfers went to live was the money, but another reason was because of the schedule, you know, schedule being a lot more flexible, PGA is just so rigorous, seems like it's every week you're playing so many holes where Live Golf, they're doing things a little bit differently, and it's saving guys, you know, saving guys' legs, and they're not as fatigued. Now with the merger, do you think PGA's gonna kind of cut back on some of the tournaments or... How do you think that's going to go with the scheduling?
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what we have going forward because I'm hearing buzz about maybe not even doing 72 holes anymore. We're talking 54 holes, so three days of competition as opposed to four. That gets a little muddy because right now the official World Golf Rankings only awards points to events that go 72 holes. So we'll see what happens as far as that is concerned. We still have the majors. Those are going to be 72 holes. We know those four are locked in for the rest of time, right? But as far as the rest of the schedule, there's a lot to be figured out. I think step number one is figuring out how the PGA Tour golfers who decided to stay end up getting compensated in some way for staying, right? And then, you know, allowing for the live golfers to apply back to return on the PGA Tour. Is there a fine? Is there something like that? We'll see. And then comes the schedule, of course. And so... I would not be surprised actually to see less tournaments, but at the end of the day, this new entity is funded by PIF, which is the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, which has endless runway. So, you know, they can afford to play every single week. That is the point.
1: Interesting to see how they structure that. Again, we're talking with Cam Rogers. Check him out on the Believe Network, host of Lock It In, also a sports betting host on Stadium, at Cam Rogers Live on Twitter. Cam, I saw that Rory and Kepka have been, have been matched up the first two rounds. That is brilliant. Can we make sure we get both those guys mic'd up with a reality show for Thursday and Friday? Can that be done?
0: That would be glorious, and thank you, USGA, for adding some fuel to the fire because I remember a couple of years ago, I was clamoring for the USGA to put Bryson and Brooks together when they had the whole feud and everything was fiery between those two, and the USGA never did it. It's like, guys, do you want ratings or not? So thank God that they did this year this year with Rory and Brooks. Those are the two court holders of their respective tours. Of course, they're going to come together eventually, but it'll be interesting to see if there's any sort of dialogue. Is there small talk? Or are they all business? My assumption is Brooks is not going to say much, and Rory probably won't either. So, you know, it's going to be a whole lot of distance between those two in terms of uh, proximity as they walk this golf course here on Thursday and Friday.
2: Cam, let the people know what they're going to see this weekend from the Los Angeles Country Club, because I heard that's a very tough course. I mean, you've got two par threes that are longer than 280 yards. I heard the angles are crazy. What are these golfers, you know, getting ready for this weekend, trying to play on one of the toughest courses that a lot of them aren't used to playing?
0: Yeah, we barely know about this golf course, guys, because it has yet to actually host a major championship. But I think it's going to be a really good test. 7,400 yards, par 70. Kind of a similar vibe to what we saw last year in Brookline, the country club for the U.S. Open. Kind of a tighter track. Uh, It's more about position off the tee. But I think this is the best way to describe it. Visually demanding, especially off the tee, because you've got a – ton of uh, tee shots that require you to really trust your line. You're not going to see the ball land in essence. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday practice rounds, uber important here this week, guys, because everybody basically is in the same bucket. They know nothing about this golf course. And now it's the sprint to study every angle, the second shot. What if you miss here or there? What do you do about this situation and that situation? Super important to get your research in now so that you're ready to go for actual competition here on Thursday. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a different vibe than what we've we've seen, maybe with the super long rough, you know, at an Oakmont or a Pinehurst or a Winged Foot. I see the fairways as kind of wide, a little bit forgiving there, but it's going to be difficult in other ways, to your point, right? 290-yard par 3, forget about it. So this is going to be a test.
1: Kim, uh, last one from me. We mentioned Kepka. Obviously, he is definitely a hot golfer right now, and uh, you can make an argument he's solidified himself for now as the best golfer in his group, in his era, uh, with that last major. How do you think this sets up for him specifically? If I tell you he's the favorite in my mind, would you agree or disagree based on the L.A. Club?
0: I totally would understand why you feel that way. This is a guy who is performing at every single major, it seems, and There isn't a golf course, a tournament, a situation in a major championship capacity that I think is Brooks' proof. I think he can play anywhere. He can adapt to how you need to play. Irons off the tee, conservative, he can do that. Driver off the tee, go for it on par fives, he can do that too, right? So Brooks is that guy who just pops on the big stage. He's 13-1 to right now, which I actually think is pretty good value in the outright market because you have Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm ahead of him. But Brooks Kepka is inside my top 10, obviously, this week in terms of the power rankings and would not be shocked to see him in contention again on Sunday evening. He's proven that he doesn't get fat and happy after winning major championships. He wants more. He's still hungry. And so I think that's going to happen here this week. I think he'll be in contention for sure.
2: Cam, before we let you go, you know a lot of people don't watch golf unless Tiger Woods is on the screen and we know Tiger is dealing with that ankle injury and recovering from that, but it's just kind of where he's at at this point of his career he's dealing with so many nagging injuries and his body is just breaking down, I don't know if we'll ever see what we saw in 2019 with the Masters from him again but I know just his competitive nature he wants to get back out there when he is healthy, do you think if he Gets healthy, could he ever get back to a point where he's just competitive, or do you think his body is just too, you know, brittle at this point?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty bearish at this juncture as far as Tiger Woods is concerned, contending on the PGA Tour again. And listen, guys, I don't think he's going to play in the British Open. It's just too soon from that surgery, and everybody in the medical community is basically saying there's no shot for him to play the rest of the calendar year. So that's step number one. Step number two is I think he needs to really focus on the Masters in 2024, preparing himself for that in the best way possible. Or if he's not ready to go by then, he may have to have a serious conversation with people in his inner circle about whether he should continue playing professional golf. I mean, that is a very real scenario where Tiger Woods could retire. It would suck. It stinks. He's the greatest of all time. Greatest to walk this earth, in my opinion. Sorry, Jack. Mm -hmm. But that's the reality that Tiger faces right now, guys. And as far as getting back to contending, listen, I just want him back on the golf course selfishly. If he never contends again, you know, it's totally fine with me. I just want him out there healthy. But really, at the end of the day, I want him to be able to do the mundane things in life and not have to worry about re-injury, talking about playing with his kids again, doing chores around the house. Those little things, that's what's important right now.
1: That is Cam Rogers. Check out Lock It In on the Believe Network, also a sports betting host on Stadium. You heard him talk a little bit about the betting aspect of this big major coming up. Check him out on Twitter, at Cam Rogers Live, for more on all of it. Cam, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the uh, U.S. Open, and uh, we appreciate you today. Hope everything goes well in L.A. Hey, appreciate you guys. Hook him. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Cam Rogers. Look at him playing to play into the crowd there. <laughs> hey, he knows little, what's up. Throwing a little hook him there at the end. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. An uh, interesting discussion. He just threw an idea in my head if they're going to move forward and try to give these PGA guys a little love. Zay, what about all the majors stay at four rounds, everybody else go to three? Yeah. yeah. I not mean, like a good idea. And maybe you pick a couple here and there. Maybe the players at TPC Sawgrass, or maybe there's a couple others. But would that be the biggest crime in the world? Make the competitive rounds Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And do if you want to still invite people out and do something wacky on Thursday – Get your proams all on Thursday, get right. all that figured out, and then go hard. Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the Byron Nelson and the Colonial and the waste management and all. like make that waste management in, in Arizona, make it a three-day party instead of a four day party. Actually they might want all four days on the party for that. But you know what I mean? like maybe maybe that makes the majors extra special because you're throwing in a whole nother round.
2: Yeah, you're telling me that Valero tournament, in San Antonio needs four rounds. Are you kidding me? You One go. after right. they do the run right here in town yeah. and they go straight to San Antonio. Come on. Like, uh, some of this stuff is unnecessary. I get it. It's hard to break tradition. Like, we hate change in, you know, America. We mm-hmm. like we hate change, especially in sports. Doing anything different than what the greats back in the day did is just ridiculous. So, I- I'm with it. I'm with it. Make everybody happy. You see that it's benefiting guys and live golf, them not playing all the time. And, yeah, it will make it probably a more exciting watch for when the majors come along.
1: Yeah, we'll see what they, uh, they want to do there. And then I am fascinated by this back and forth, this weird little uh, sparring session about Saudi money going on right now between the United States Senate and the you know PGA and everything like I don't know the full history of it all, but how far back would you have to go? Where would you have to go in terms of U.S. presidential? You know the you know the how far back into that you know uh, the what's the word I'm looking for? Not president, but the administrations. How far back till you get to an administration that had no relationship with the Saudis? Like, seriously, how far back do you have to go? Historians? And these guys are going to lecture Jay Monahan? And then Jay's going to turn around and try to lecture them. Yeah. That should be a fun Senate hearing. Uh, that may be coming up before we realize it. U.S. Open gets cranked up on Thursday morning. If you're just focused on the golf, it's at L.A. Country Club, like Zay referenced in his question. Rory and Kepka 3.54 our time on Thursday. They'll play with Hideki Matsuyama as well, so a recent major winner there. Scotty Scheffler's going out at about 10 o'clock in the morning Thursday. Deshambo at 9.40. Rom at 10.20 or so. Phil at 3 in the afternoon. Dustin Johnson, 3.30 in the afternoon. And if you're a Jordan Spieth fan and a Longhorn fan, 3.43 p.m. on Thursday. Looking forward to it.
2: If you could birdie a 290-yard par 3, you're you're on top of your game. You're on one. That's stupid. Like, who is making this course? Like, I get it. These guys are a lot stronger than they were back in the day, but man so i'll raise
1: my hand if you put me on a 290 yard par three i'm hitting driver uh, is anybody else <laughs> like i seriously yo what exactly 290 yeah there's this thing that i've somebody has said to me on a golf course when i'm a certain distance away and i don't know the exact distance and he knows it better than i do i say, hey, how far am i away and he'll just look at me and go all you got chad all, you, All got. you got? Just tell me whatever's the longest club you feel comfortable with right now. Go, and I think I'd have to hit driver off the tee there. Yeah, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Oh my god, is it over water? <laughs>
2: God help us if it's over water. Two, I, don't know. I know there's a drought in California, so two, maybe not. A 280-yard par three.
1: That's incredible. We'll see how the L.A. Country Club looks once we get to see it this week. Again, remember to get to hornfm.com for our majors contest. That'll be cranked up a little later in the week. Up next, your Flex segment. Big camp coming up. We'll give you over a month's notice on that to get you informed. Plus, a big-time Flex star visiting with UT hoops today. We'll tell you who it is on the horn.
2: Chad and Zay.
1: Ah, oh, it's a great song. Great song. That's the Supremes, right? That's right. Yeah. Now they were just. That wasn't. They weren't called Diana Ross and the Supremes. It was just no, the Supremes. No man, just right? the Supremes. Just the Supremes. Dude, there's a. Uh, there's a list of songs that I'm just gonna question. I'm gonna question your sanity if you tell me you hate a song like this. Yeah. Makes me happy every time I hear it. I even don't mind covers of it. Like, it's that good uh, a song.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: you can't cover this. I'd rather hear this, but even the covers, like, okay, all right. It's a hard song to mess up. Yeah. I heard a reference to that in one of my favorite movies recently about, oh, it's such a good song, they couldn't even mess it up. Somebody else won't mess it up. It's too good a song. That's kind of the way I feel about this one. The Supremes, Talking Heads, and Frank Stallone have all been on the show today. <laughs> I'm going to try to say that last one without laughing every time. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on this Tuesday. Zay, just checking in. How are we on the whole Texas baseball thing?
2: Over it yet? Still processing? How? Where are you? Never get over it. Okay. Come on now. You can't, you know, get over these things. I mean... You just move
1: on. Because I am a Texas Rangers fan. So when somebody says, Hey, Chad, are you over 2011? Well, no, n- never. It's, I, I agree with that answer. But that was all the way to like last strike. You were not at that point last night. You weren't guaranteed if a play is made, it's a title. Right. If he makes that if they make that play, you're not even guaranteed they win that game. That's just getting you to extra innings. So it's a little bit different than all the way to that
2: point. Exactly. Like if this was well, in the championship series in Omaha or oh something.
1: Jeez. Yeah. Well, here's the closest thing I could think of in in college baseball was remember when Arkansas dropped that pop up to win it all? Mm. They came down to the last out. A guy was in foul territory. And dropped it. I mean, touched his glove, dropped the ball, and then the other team wins. Ah, that's tough. They were that close. That's the closest thing I could think of in college baseball. That's worse, obviously, than what happened because, again, that's a national title in your glove and you drop it. That's not what Texas dealt with last night, but that's a heartbreaker. Crushing to see guys that good unable to come up with that play and – whatever kennedy and campbell and those guys need to do to figure it out i hope they get to do that and um that's that just has to be tough so we've been discussing texas baseball today we'll continue to do that continue to talk nba we'll get into a little uh Jokic talk here as he starts to enter the great center discussion we'll get another great center's thoughts on him coming up but right now let's go flex segment here we'll tell you about a camp and an interesting visit today Flex ATX. For the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to FLXATX.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouthguard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Alright, it'll be the first time you hear us mention it, but it will not be the last. Uh, it is July 20th. Uh, Anthony Williams has a camp coming up. And uh, it is a skills camp. Uh, for linemen and skill position players only, a showcase out in Round Rock, uh, over there at the MPC in Round Rock, the Multi Purpose Complex. You can go to FLXATX on social media, find it that way, uh, and you can. There's a QR code right there, super modern and everything. Get that QR code scanned uh, for your for info and to get registered. That again comes up Thursday, July twentieth. Uh, And as far as this visit story goes, Zay, you told me about this one earlier, a name I knew from last basketball season that's making a visit to the 40 Acres today.
2: Yeah, man, it's big time. Josiah Mosley, the forward who will be a senior this year at Stony Point, who was MVP of Central Texas. They only lost two games this season. They got all the way to, I want to say, regionals before they lost to – San Antonio Brennan, and he will be taking a, I don't know if it's official or unofficial, but he'll be up with Coach Terry at the University of Texas today Mm -hmm. getting shown around. I don't know if they've offered him yet. He has a lot of mid-major offers, you know, not quite a couple of Power 6 offers, but nothing too crazy, and who knows? You know, he could get better. He could get taller, and I don't know if he's a UT quality player yet, But he has a lot of time to grow, and if he does, who knows? That could be a really good get for Coach Terry and crew. So shout out to Josiah Mosley. Him just going down there is a big deal. I know Coach Thompson is excited. I would be, too, if that was my player. And, yeah, yeah, look for – both of those guys to have another big year this season. Coach Thompson with his coaching and then Josiah Mosley with another special season probably going to get MVP again. I don't see anybody knocking him off. He's the best player in the area.
1: Yeah, he is a big time player. We'll see if that team can make an even deeper run this next season. Check out FLXATX.com or you can go at FLXATX on your social media. Find out about that camp. Find out about offers and visits and commitments. Remember, if you've got workout videos, on seven videos commitment announcements offers that are coming in for uh for players that you love players that are at your school coaches if you're connected to it uh hit up flex they want to know about it all right uh, we're also talking a lot of nba today championship number one for the denver nuggets and Mike Malone didn't even waste time. He's already talking dynasty. Yo, he's he's out of control. Mike, relax. Dude's referencing Pat Riley before. They barely handed him that trophy five seconds ago.
2: Yo, at least Pat Riley did it at the parade. Jeez. At least he had Magic and Kareem. Like, I love Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Both of those guys are dudes. But... Before you really even get the trophy, still in the arena. Like, you got guy guy's sweat still dripping from the game. You talking about, we ready to win it next year? I don't know about that, Mike. You already have a bullseye. Like, he's never felt this before. Right. So he was running on a high that we'll never feel ever in our lifetime. But I, this was a bad move because you got that bullseye on you once, clock went zero, and everybody knew you were the champs, now that bullseye's on your back because everybody's going to try to dethrone you for the 2024 season. So going out there and just saying something reckless like that, we're going to win it next year. We try to win it next year. That That's a wild thing to say, Coach. It is a little crazy. Uh, I'm
1: interested to see, do they get to keep any kind of uh, chip on the shoulder, any kind of edge? Vegas has already picked them as the favorite for next year, but they can always play the they talk about other teams more than they talk about us. Spurs got to play that game back in the day. So maybe they get to play that a little bit. Uh, but there's a lot of confidence around this team. I enjoyed watching the celebration. I always like it when the trophy's up for grabs, but it seems like a team that really likes each other. The stories of how long it took them to build it, the guys that are there locked in for next year. They are such a dangerous team uh, moving forward. So, it. it I mean, they, they finished it out. In an ugly fashion, I guess you would say, but they proved, Zay, what we talked about all through the playoff run. They were the best team to my eyeballs because they could win lots of different types of games. Yeah. And they were the team that could do—I didn't see one other team that I felt like could win three, four different types of basketball games the way Denver could.
2: Yeah, they're really impressive, and it's going to be fun to go down the list of all the champions and compare them to, you know, those Spurs teams or those Lakers teams or those Bulls teams because, you know, it's fun to do. That's what we do. It's our job. And, yeah, I didn't see anybody able to touch them this season. From Jamal Murray, he could take over games for you when— you're trying to focus on stopping Nikola Jokic, and what he does best might be his passing, but he's one of the best scorers in the league. So what do you do with him? He's an underrated defender. He showed that in the playoffs with his deflections and steals and just timely blocks. Again, I mean, last night, two massive deflections in that second half? Big time. Man. Big time. I'm saying he's not going to do those. Shaquille O'Neal, David Robinson. I'm gonna throw your shot in the stands. He's gonna, you know, do those very smart blocks and keep it an in bounds. And he's just a very smart player. You look at Michael Porter Jr., who was really good last night. He didn't shoot well the whole series, but like you said, Chad, their ability to beat you in different ways—they killed them on the on the boards the whole series. Oh Miami God. got obliterated on the boards the whole entire series and it was because the nuggets knew we're bigger than them.
1: Yeah, last night was 57-44 on the boards.
2: Nothing you could do about that. Like you you try, but you just gave Vincent, Kyle Lowry, as tough as those guys are, they're smaller guys while Jamal Murray like they were talking about his hand size last night on Merwell's watching, but they were talking about his hand size. It's like Rondo's. It's like oh, really? it's it's close to it's closer to Kawhi than you think. Hmm. Like, his hands are gigantic, which gives him an advantage. Big reason why Michael Jordan had a huge advantage on guys, Kawhi Leonard, etc., because he's able to move the ball where guys, you know, they don't have that luxury. On his finishes, on his passing, control, ball handling, him having bigger hands gives him an advantage that people don't really think about. Aaron Gordon, how good he was finding his role on this team, being that defensive stopper. But you can see Aaron Gordon, when things get a little dry and a lot of pressure goes on Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and a lot of focus goes on them, Aaron Gordon could go ISO and post up and get you buckets, and you could throw him lobs, and Bruce Brown was amazing. This whole series, he didn't shoot well last night, but he was shooting cash money whole playoffs long. Mm-hmm. KCP was great. Christian Brown, a f- a rookie, won in high school state championships, won at Kansas, now one with the Denver Nuggets. That's just great scouting, knowing that he's a winner, and if we bring him on our team, he'll be able to contribute. Maybe yep. not on other teams, but... For that type of style that Mike Malone and his squad likes to play, Christian Brown was perfect. And Mike Malone, even though he was wilding out trying to guarantee the 2024 championship, I don't agree with that. He was amazing this season, pressing the right buttons, getting his guys going in the right ways. Game plan was good in each and every series, slowing down LeBron and Anthony Davis, slowing down Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Like He, he was great, and they deserve everything they got.
1: So, Zay, Shaq tweeted something out, or is this, this is Instagram, right? My bad. Yeah, Instagram. Since I'm out on Instagram, you let me know about it earlier. It says, all-time great center resumes, and he's got Kareem, Hakeem himself, Wilt, Bill Russell, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, and he adds Joker down at the bottom and says, welcome to the big man alliance, Joker.
2: Yeah, well, first off, the fact that Moses Malone isn't on this list, Shaq, you're slipping. You're slipping.
1: (laughs) I was going to ask you if
2: he left anybody Uh, on. Moses Malone, come on now. Foe, 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 yeah. He had three MVPs, a Finals MVP, and a title. He deserves to be in here instead of Patrick Ewing, but I get it. Those are the guys that Shaq played against. Uh Yeah, man, Joker. I'll take him over Patrick Ewing. David Robinson won. I know I said I'd take Joker over David Robinson. I might have been a prisoner of the moment. That might be a tie for me. What Joker has over David Robinson, David was never the best player on the team when they won championships with the Spurs in 99 and 2003. That was obviously Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan won finals MVP both of those seasons. Mm -hmm. So when David was the man and they were number one seeds and stuff, they were getting in a way, upset it, which I don't know how you get upset by a future champion and the 95 Rockets, but the Spurs were a number one seed. The Rockets were a six seed. Like that's an upset, even though the Rockets sure. won it all and went back to back. That's an upset. David was the man and couldn't quite get it done. So you might put Joker there, but the Admiral was a different animal when it came to defender. Like Eight all defensive selections. I don't think Joker, even though he's improved defender, I don't think he'll ever make an all defensive team. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's all it's all subjective. But I, he's right there with. Shaq, Hakeem, Wilt, Bill, Kareem, Moses Malone. as one of the greatest sinners of all time.
1: Well, and now in terms of the ring discussion, too. This is his first ring, obviously. I heard somebody make the reference to now he's a jeweler. I've never heard it said that way. We've always talked about this guy, you know, Michael got this guy a ring. Kobe got this dude a ring. Whatever. Uh, Magic got these guys' rings. I've never heard it referred to as a jeweler, but that's a great way to think about it. You First, you become – once you become a champion, then you can become a jeweler for other guys, and you are the reason that they have that ring. How many does he put up? Obviously, Shaq ends up with four total and three finals MVPs. Uh, You talk about Kareem with six championships, two finals MVPs. Those kind of numbers are going to be tough to run down. Uh, But he is a truly unique, freaky talent, and you can argue it's freakier in some ways than we've ever seen. Zay, he did finish off what I talked about yesterday. Only player in NBA history. Led all players in points, rebounds, and assists in a single postseason. No one has ever done that. Not Michael, not Magic, not Bill, not Tim, not anybody. Nobody. Total points, rebounds, assists through an entire postseason.
2: It's crazy, man. That's amazing. And what's scary is, since he doesn't rely much on his athleticism, He's going to be able to last if he doesn't deal with injury god forbid but he doesn't use you know he doesn't jump out the gym he's not the quickest guy in the room so he's going to be good for a very long time as long as those feet stay as quick as they are right he'll be he yeah but even then like he could step out and just knock down shots He doesn't want to do that. Right. He could be older Larry Bird before the back injury. Yeah. They might have to bring somebody in to help him in his later years, but Jamal Murray kind of like how Tony Parker got handed the keys from Tim Duncan when Tony became the better player around 2007 and beyond. He got that MVP against the Cavs, the finals MVP. Jamal Murray could be that for the Nuggets and could take that Mm -hmm. away from Joker and be the man because Jamal Murray – he's put himself in the top five point guards in the league with this ring and what he did this postseason, especially coming off that ACL injury. That's insane to bounce back like he did, as tough as he was. He was really good. And, yeah, a lot of attention's going to go to Joker, and it should, but don't sleep on how good Jamal Murray was this whole season. You just bring up a
1: great point because if there's something I could give him maybe above Shaq moving forward, it's that – at the moment, they would have come to Shaq and said, hey, it's time for the young guy to become the stud. It's it's time for him to become Superman and you to back off. Shaq's answer was hell no. Going to handle it. The Joker will say yes. Yeah. The Joker will say yes, just like Tim Duncan said yes. Right. Eventually, the, he'll realize the evolution of it and be willing to hand
2: that baton off. Oh, Timmy was like, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, T.P., this is exactly what I wanted uh-huh. for you to take over. And you're you're exactly right. Like, Joker... He should do that. And Shaq should have done that. It and Shaq regretted it. Yep. He regretted it, like cause him and Kobe weren't seeing either. Ah, Kobe throwing him on the bus, cause Kobe's Colorado thing, talking about Shaq, cheat too. Shaq didn't like that. Shaq's wife divorced him and made basketball wives mm. and the rest is history. Real yep. petty stuff. That's and it. he couldn't just Shaq couldn't just get over the fact that, yo, it's about hoop. I want right. you know, yeah. Shaq thought, which in a way is true, I could go in with anyone. And he did that with D Wade, but D Wade ain't anyone. True. But still, D Wade ain't Kobe. And if Shaq would have set his pride aside, who knows what could have happened. I mean, that was a super team that lost in 04 to the Pistons with Karl Malone and Gary Payton. Yeah. Like, that was, just, that was, people always talk about LeBron and them being the first super team. Oh, I don't think so. They're just one of the first super teams that won. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Celtics with KG, Pierce, and Ray Allen, but the first real super team that got traded and wasn't built organically, that was that 0-4 Lakers team with Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, and Karl Malone, and we know what happened there. But, yeah, Joker, so unselfish, <laughs> only cares about winning, only cares about his teammates, and obviously only cares about his horses because he can't wait to get back home.
1: God love him. God love Joker. Just looking forward to getting back to the horses after getting his first ring. We'll continue to talk about Denver and that first title. The uh, draft comes up in nine days in the NBA. Coming up at 2.05, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's got comments on the Wilsons, uh, both the quarterback version and the receiver version. We'll get to that up next. It's Where We At In Society with Zay. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. Don't move. It's the horn.
2: Chad and Zay. All right.
1: Bring the horn section on a Tuesday. Do you say coffee is the color? Yeah. Okay. Is Is that the name of the song? Yeah. It's a good name. I like it. Uh, I don't even know what he's going to be singing about, but I kind of like coffee is the color. Not familiar with coffee
2: is the color. Who is it? Coffee is the color by Roy Ayers from the Coffee soundtrack off the movie in the seventies. There's a some movie just called Coffee. Yeah, one of those black classics. Oh, yeah. What's it about? Do you know? Oh, Coffee's a woman and she's fighting crime and beating the crap out of people. Oh, like a, I don't know if it's I don't know if Coffee was Pam Grier, like a or female, not. like a female Shaft. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like one of those kind of
1: deals. Like a female Charles Bronson? Back. Yeah. Getting it done? Coffee is the color. I think it is Pam Greer. Really? Yeah. It's fantastic. Roy Ayers, The Supremes, Talking Heads, and Frank Stallone on the show today. I do love me some Pam Greer. Oh, man. I have not seen enough things with Pam Greer in them, but the ones I have seen, I love. She's a legend. She played the sister of Jennifer Beals on The L Word, a show that I fell in love with years ago. That's a great show. It is a good show. Let's take Sex in the City, but do it with really attractive lesbians.
2: <laughs> yes! Check. Oh, no. It's, mate! It's a little more, you know, late night than Sex in the City. Yeah, it is. Sex in the City's definitely underwhelming. I was never into that show. I was, I was never into it because there should have been more sex. They should just call it We in the City. Yeah. Hanging out as girls. We have established that you really do expect sex scenes in movies. It's on HBO. It's in the name. What are we doing? (laughs) Like Sarah Jessica Parker, she cool. Throw in some stuff. For real. They just kind of, you know the whole Big thing. Like, Big, he looks like he can lay it down. You, Let Big lay it down. You
1: told me all you needed. You've told us all you needed is the reference sometimes. They didn't even no, reference
2: it enough? Uh, it's it, Not even close. Wow. Especially, it's on HBO. It's in the name. Come on now.
1: Not enough sex in Sex in the City yeah, according and, to Zay.
2: And it depends on the movie too, Chad. Like, mm-hmm. in A Few Good Men, it's a great movie, so I don't need it that much, but it would have been nice if Demi and Tom could just, you know, at least walk into the bedroom and close the door. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh. Something. Uh, you're the only person I've ever heard that needed sex
1: in A Few Good Men. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing to want out of that movie. Oh my God. All right. Uh, we uh, Speaking of movies, I'm watching Coach Carter this week. Samuel L. Jackson. 2005, yep. if I saw correctly, for the release date. And Zay's going to listen to uh, his first Beatles album yep. all the way through? Yep. Heard a lot of songs, but not a full album all the way through. Mm-hmm. Going to have uh, Zay listen to Revolver this week. I think if I had to pick, I would tell somebody it's my. Is it my favorite. Is it the best Beatles album front to back? I think it might be both of those things. I think Revolver brings it all together uh, in a way that none of their uh, albums, other albums did. I love all the Beatles stuff, but that one, for some reason, always stands out. Right kind of in the middle of things, I think it's a really good representation. So we'll have Zay check that out this week. We are talking NBA champs in Denver, and we're talking about what in the world Happened to the Longhorn baseball team last night. Such a shame that we all got robbed from the end of that game just because the one ball's up and they can't. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, We're helping you process that as a Longhorn fan. Specs text line 337-3776. If you're still dealing with that, uh, we're still trying to figure it out too. We'll get you those Aaron Rodgers comments coming up at 2.05 as we get closer to the NFL season. Right now, though, it's where we
2: at in society. Let's see where Zay wants to go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay. Do I need to check Twitter? What's going on? Yeah, check Twitter so you know what we're talking about for where we at today. All right. All right, Chad. So in this story, there's a talk show, a daytime talk show called The Real out there. Okay. And it has Tamara Mallory on it. You know, sister, sister, Tia and Tamara, one of the twins. Uh-huh. She's on it. Um, you don't know. You probably don't know the rest. Lonely Love, like a comedian. She's on it. She's the older woman of the crew. Yeah, yeah, I know her. And a couple other, uh-huh. Adrian Ballon, which was a Cheetah Girl and part of Three LW. You definitely don't know about that. Gotcha. That's man, like, the
1: sisters, sister girls have grown way yo, up.
2: They look good too. I'm an old man. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, they've always looked good. Oh it's like God. childhood crush for me. But yeah, no, they're they're beautiful. Okay, so they always have a guest on the show. Uh huh. And I guess yesterday's guest. I don't know when this video came out, but it went viral, so I'm guessing yesterday. Yesterday's guest was Stephen Curry's wife, Aisha
1: Curry. Oh, I love her, too. Oh, yeah. She is great. You so know? pretty. Yeah.
2: She Beautiful. Mother smile. of three. It's all Steph's kids. They met, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes, Brittany Matthews story. They met at Davidson, so Steph rocked her up, understood that she ain't gonna take my money. She, yeah. She's... Looks out for my best interest. She loves him before he was Steph. Exactly, there Zion, take some notes. There you go. <laughs> so, lots of them. Lots of them. So, on this little snippet video that you're seeing, yeah, a man who is oiled up with his shirt off, yeah, comes out to greet the women on the talk show with drinks, serving drinks, serving yeah. drinks. Yeah. During this moment, Aisha Curry. Jokingly pretends to take off her wedding ring. Like she's about to (laughs) risk it all for old boy. Uh, Look, like, do you see her trying to pull off the ring? And Janae May, who's married to young Jeezy, shout out to you, Janae. I might not be pronouncing your name right, but I don't watch this talk show. I just know you're married to young Jeezy. But she's trying to like stop her as like kind of like, oh, you're joking, but this is kind of uncomfortable. And I don't think you know this, Chad, but there has been a rumor that's been f- flirting around for about a few years now mm-hmm. that Steph and Aisha are in an open marriage. Is that right? Yes. Hmm. So Do Steph they- might be a cluck holder. Do they? Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever my line was, is it going to be better than that? Whatever my line was is not going to be better than Hey, that.
2: I mean, look, whatever floats your boat, what am I to not? I'm happily married, so whatever works for you. Nope. I mean, you know, being married, all I know is what works for me. I know you're married. All you know yeah. is what works for y'all. This might work for them.
1: So first off, the first layer of this, it's not, it's not okay for her to just, that was a little bit of a joke. That's not okay. No, Chad, come
2: on. Uh, if your wife did that on live TV, uh, taking off the ring for another dude, I get it. You, we find other people attractive that aren't yeah. our significant other. To be I fa- get that.
1: To be fair, she did not actually take the ring off. Because she was
2: stopped. She just made like a, like oh, my, like, well, but she didn't do it. Because she was stopped. What do you mean stopped? Because uh, 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 old girl kind of likes oh stop oh, it, don't she, do it. No, I know she, she she probably she, wasn't.
1: She was stopped by her love for Steph Curry. That's what <laughs> she was stopped by.
2: But the gesture, just acting like you're taking it off. Yeah. Is kind of, I don't know. There's one yeah. thing to be in an open marriage, but you're doing it because you're you come back home to your man and y'all's marriage is good. Not, oh, I might leave this man (laughs) for,
1: (laughs) um, You're taking a lot... You're putting a lot into a scene from The Talk or whatever the heck that show's called. That's a a lot you're putting into that. Yo,
2: look, y'all married fellas out there. If your wife saw another man chest out, oiled up, who isn't a two-time MVP, four-time champ... Dude,
1: that's a pretty attractive dude. I damn near took my ring off when I saw him. (laughs) I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? <laughs> if if John Bon Jovi walks in the room and my wife pretends like, oh, Mom, I have to take the ring off. All I would do is smile because I know how much she loves him. Or in this case, if I know Aisha likes, you know, Mike likes attractive men. So you can't even name old dude. That's John Bon Jovi.
2: That's a that's different. Yeah, this is a this is more of a random guy. Random dude. You're right. We're taking the we're, we're faking taking the ring off a random dude. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying. I don't
1: know. Do we have we have we? Now it's the NBA, so I I know there's drama out there. Have we gotten a dramatic
2: response from Steph yet? We have not. Okay, but if they're in an the open marriage, what can he say? This had, is a part of. This is part of what they do. I had, guess.
1: Has Draymond commented on his podcast? No,
2: mm. I, that's I a shame. That is that is. I don't think so. Draymond's a good teammate. If it was somebody else, maybe. Okay, so have they verified the rumor yet? No. Oh, okay. So it's not they, they've kind of Aisha kinda basically squashes it like, oh, y'all are crazy. This isn't this like that. Will
1: and what's her name? Jada Pickett. Because they're they really put out put things out there that they were in a different kind of relationship. Right. Yeah.
2: But think about it, like Steph's always on the road, six months out of the year, coming back and forth. You know, Aisha, stay-at-home mom. She got needs. <laughs> she has needs just like him. We just <laughs> talked about with Zion and you know how them. Scandalous women be waiting in the lobby for you, chilling. Uh-huh. Aisha know that. She know that.
1: Oh man. So
2: she might give Steph some hall passes, and in return, she might need those hall passes back.
1: I always thought it was an. In- I thought it was an innocent move. I thought it was an innocent move. Uh,
2: it, it would be innocent if, if the rumor, wasn't, the rumor out. wasn't out there. Who put the rumor out there, by the way? I have no idea. How do these things I, get I, out there? <laughs> I think somebody just goes out and says, like somebody with just a little bit of credibility Come says, on, man. said something about these guys, Steph and Aisha, their marriage isn't as faithful as it appears to be. And that's got everybody talking, thinking that Steph Curry is a cook holder. Well, and that's a different... Uh, yeah, and that's... That reference is a little different. I mean, there's a lot.
1: There's a lot of layers to it, too. You could be in a relationship where you can be in an open relationship, but that's not being a cuckold. That's not what that is. Oh,
2: he's he could be both,
1: right? Yeah, could, he could be both.
2: Yeah, he could, could let her do her thing by himself, or yeah. Steph could be in the chair. It could be like
1: the Andre Kirilenko. Remember that agreement? I do. Andre got the once a year agreement. Legend, crazy. Yeah, Knew they, everybody understood the schedule and the the rigors of the schedule, and once a year he got a chance to. Step outside the marriage, and she was cool with it. Yep, there you go. So,
2: hey, whatever works for them. Hey. I'm just saying, like Steph, it's Steph Curry, you know, Steph, holy godly Curry. Like he's, we wouldn't expect this from him. That's mm-hmm. all. We wouldn't expect this from
1: him. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to think on that one <laughs> a little more. I'm gonna have to think on that one just a little bit more. uh The Aisha. Um, the Aisha and Steph Curry discussion. I did not realize those rumors were out there, but sometimes that's what where we at in society is all about. This week we've talked about that and the Zion Williamson thing. Uh, It's already been a full week when it comes to NBA drama. Speaking of, obviously, Denver wins the title. We've been talking about that. The craziness uh, of the ending of the Longhorn baseball season. And up next, Aaron Rodgers talking about the Wilsons, both uh, the one that did go to high school in this area and the one that did not. That's next on The Horn.